He's not a futuristic God. He's a right now God. He's here. He's right now. He's in your house. He's in your car. He's with you. He's aware of everything that you're dealing with. And if you deal with God as if he is some past God, then you're going to miss what he's doing right now. If you look at God as some historical being or divinity, or if you look at him as something that's way off in the future, you might miss. So why not open your heart right now and say, I will glorify the great I am and worship him in this moment because he is present. He is always a right now God. Amen. I wanted to uh, dialogue a little bit with Prophet Ron. Uh, Prophet, I, I did a message Sunday, which I kind of called against all odds. And uh, it's still resonating a lot in my spirit. Um, and I'm just going to read a little piece of this text here so that we have some context yeah. for the text and for what we're going to talk about. Um, the book of Romans chapter 4 verse 16 and I'm reading New Living Translation if you're following along says so the promise is received by faith it is given as a free gift and we are all certain to receive it whether or not we live according to the law of Moses if we have faith like Abraham's for Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations, for God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham, this is so important, y'all, he never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this, he brought glory to God. Yes. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. It's a powerful text, isn't it? Unbelievably powerful, yes. It's, um, so, Prophet Ron, you constantly are giving all of us mm -hmm. words from the Lord. Here's... It's a word from the Lord to me is like a promise. Yeah. It's just like a promise. It's like I may not see it, it may not be in existence, it may not be in front of me right now. But when you give that word, there's a responsibility that mm -hmm. falls upon the hearer. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. <clears throat> it's a very interesting topic. You see the basis of what uh, Abraham uh, walked with Yahweh is he believed by faith. Right. So you know, the minute you get a word, the key is to attach your faith to it. Right. reason why is because if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please right. God. It's impossible to hear 
this process take place because the bottom line is the word can come to you but you need to add your faith to the word there needs to be an introduction of an involvement plus the receiving of the word right uh, i can give you an example uh, a friend of mine years ago had a business and i gave him a prophetic word that by the end of the year his business would sell right well the end of the year came and went never sold so he came back so what happened i said well uh, let's look at God's timeline. What does God work on? Does He work on our time or does He work on His time? And so when the Jewish New Year came, the business sold. Wow. So the perspective wow. of what was seeing and expectation was created by the person that believed something, but they had a misconception in the belief. Mm. So if you have faith, you know that the minute you attach your faith to the word that is spoken, you have to just reside in that and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about the process. What I always tell people when I prophesy of them is rightly divide the word of truth. Yes. Look at the components in the word, rightly divide, write it down. And, and what I do is I color code it. Mm. And I take a blue and anything that God says, I mark it in blue. And what I do is I pray that into existence. Right. I don't look at the consequences or the results because the bottom line is if you pray the results, you're going to miss the promise. Yeah, that's good. And you see, Abraham believed the promise yes and by that he walked in it he attached his faith to it his whole existence lived in the promise yeah. even though he never saw it and listen by the time he died he never saw the promise mm. but today we're the promise yes he looks down on us and he says well there's a promise god promised me that my family would be as the stars and the dust right. on the earth and so we have to understand that god is not held bound as a prisoner to our time frame Right. It's his time frame. So all we have to do is continue to believe and walk in faith. And that's yeah. what Abraham did. And and somebody that may be questioning mm -hmm. what you just said there that Abraham never saw it, they have to understand that the seed, one as singular, not many, not yeah. plural, yeah. was Jesus. Yeah. That was the seed. The seed yeah. He came through the lineage mm -hmm. of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, yeah. and on through his boys came out of the tribe of Judah, on and on and on we know, but uh, the seed that he was right. really promising Abraham was Jesus, because that was the only one that was going to turn the whole thing around, turn the world around, turn around this whole thing about sins not being rolled ahead for a year, but being truly sure. forgiven right. and wiped away. Right. You know, the beautiful thing is, uh, Abraham believed God and was accounted to him as righteousness. Yes. And when, when you talk to people about righteousness, I think it has something to do with um, your behavior or something like that. And, and, right. and, and that's, they have a capacity of that too. But righteousness is right standing with God and with man. So there's right. nothing that can accuse you or detract you from the promise. Yeah, that's good. You see, no matter what Sarah said, when <clears> she came up and she said, well, I'm 90 years old, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. Abraham <laughs> stuck with his faith. Why? Because he didn't allow detraction to come to the word of God because he walked in the righteous component of understanding that God is the I am, yep. he's faithful to what he says, and he's going to accomplish it in his due time. Yep. And so he continued to walk in that, and, and yeah, I know Sarah went around to try and help him, right. and that's what a lot of people do with the prophetic. Yep. Let's help God. Right. Well, he hasn't come yet, so let's, like, like Saul, yeah. let's, let's go out and let's do something here to, and, and this is let's the big, make this happen. This is the big thing what we're seeing today in the world, is people are more moved by performance than they move by presence. Yes. Yes. And so instead of creating a presence for the Spirit of the Lord to sort of manufacture and to do the things that need to be done and to get you in the right position for the Word to manifest, 
we try and we help God to do these things. Yeah. And it's all through the scripture. Yeah, it's all through there. I mean, today, when you look at our culture, we are being so programmed into performance that we wouldn't even know what presence is. Right. Because we give God about 30 minutes, and if he doesn't show up, we're out of here. Yeah, we don't understand wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, yeah. They that wait upon him. So yeah. the beautiful thing about this whole thing with Abraham, as he starts out, the whole component of this, God accounts to him as righteousness. Yeah. Because he gave up everything, he walked away from everything, and he trusted God. And there's 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 a key right there. Yeah. Because when Abraham got the word, yeah. he didn't say, well, when my son comes forth, then we'll go look for this city. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say, you know, hey, because the promise, the, the promise came through uh, these, this, this word that the Lord gave Abraham as yeah. well, that you've got to get up and leave your country. Yeah. You've got to leave your father's house. You've got to leave those things that are relative keep right. leave your relatives uh which you know we know that abraham actually didn't do because he took lot with him, with him yeah. because he felt some sort of sense of responsibility mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of us fall into that category we feel some sense of responsibility yeah. that god never told us was our responsibility but because haran had died uh, yeah. and lot was his child abraham thinks well i've got to take this boy with, with me yeah. Because before he comes through the community of Haran, right. Haran dies in, in the land of Ur. They make it to the land of Haran. Yeah. And Terah, yeah. Abraham's father, dies, dies in Haran. Because a lot of people never move past the point of their greatest pain. Mm -hmm. So he, he was trapped there. Yeah. He died there. So Abraham says, well, I've got to help God out here. He didn't really understand what he meant. Means, yeah. But let me tell you, I think that when we talk about leaving things that are leaving our relatives, I don't know that it's talking about your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and Billy Bob and all those people. I think it's really talking about things that try to keep you relative to it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Leave your relatives. Leave things that are trying to keep you relative. Who do you think you are? Believe in God for that word. Why do you think God would use you? Why would God, and it, this, is, this is something that is so powerful to me, is because we call Abram or Abraham father, mm -hmm. not because he was some austere and holy man, but we call him father because he was a nobody that God used to start something. something. Abraham didn't have a child. No. When he gets the promise, he doesn't have a child. That's he right. goes for 25 years without the child. That's he tries to make it happen with Hagar. Yeah. We all know that story with uh, Hagar and Ishmael. But he still doesn't have a child until he's 25 years old. And he's still in that 25 years, or 100 years old, in that 25 years, he still doesn't get to see the seed. See. Yeah. The seed is Jesus. So he didn't get to see him yet. But the cool thing about this is, is we call him father because he instituted something called faith. Faith into the people of God. Believing God. And this is where I wanted to jump in there with that. Is because when Abraham got the word, he didn't sit back and say, well, let's see what God does and let's see how this happens and let's see when it comes to pass. The Bible says, I love the New Americans, it says that he entered into the yeah. word of the Lord. Wow. When yeah. he entered into it, yeah. 
everything turned around, the message Bible says. Yeah. When he entered into it, when he embraced it, fully embraced that word. So there's something about when you give a word or when we get a word from the Lord or when something comes to us about our part of embracing that word. And that is not a passive thing. Well, it's an active. So I can actually testify to something about this. Mm -hmm. When God spoke to me about coming to America in the 90s, and uh, I went about, and I believed the word, because I knew that that was what God wanted. I knew right. from, from before I was even born that I was destined to come here. So I gave up my business, I gave up my house, I gave up everything I owned. Put my family on a plane, five of us on a plane, came here, all we had was ten boxes and five suitcases. Wow. We didn't know anybody, because mm -hmm. the Lord said, don't take any names or contacts, I'm going to lead you by my spirit. I so believed the word that God was going to bring me. And he said, I will take you to kings and rulers and leaders of nations. Mm. To give up a, a business, like a pharmaceutical business, to just come to America for nothing. No promise, right. no connection, no relationship, no nothing. Right. It's stupid. Yeah. But I so believed, and, I, and my family so believed the word, that we walked away from everything and came here. Man, the day we landed yeah, we could have been on Mars. <laughs> right. We didn't know where we were. <laughs> right. And that's how I feel Abraham was. And you know, the funny thing is, within the first day that we got here, God started to speak. I could audibly do this, go, yeah, meet this one, talk to this one. And systematically, from coming from that place wow. in 1991 to where we are today, that we've ministered in Congress, the Senate, we've ministered all over. We've met so many people. Because we didn't depend on our own devices. We believed the word which was accounted to us as faith. Yeah. And let me tell you, there were times when we had zero. Yeah. I mean, no money. We had lived in one bedroom apartment with no furniture. We slept on the floor. Wow. But we had food delivered to us daily from we don't know who. We had money from yeah. we don't know who. My children needed winter coats because we, we came from summer to winter. We didn't even realize. We didn't think about the weather. Yeah. So we had no way. I mean, I came here with short pants, flip-flops, and T-shirt in the middle of winter in terrible weather, yeah. snow and everything. And suddenly realized, ah, oh, we don't have clothes. And prayed, asked the Lord. People brought us jackets and clothing. We wow. didn't know people, but the people dropped off stuff to us. Wow. So what I say about Abraham <laughs> is as he journeyed on, even though there were times there were challenges. Listen, for us there were challenges. There, yeah. were, there was times yeah. when... Somebody gave us a car, and within a week of getting the car, somebody slashed all our tires. Wow. So now we had a car without tires. I had to walk my children to school. There were so many challenges, but mm -hmm. every challenge that came against us was to test our faith, to see whether we would continue to believe. And I got to a place one day where I took my tickets, and I saw, I've got to show you my tickets, my plane mm -hmm. tickets, where I went to the airport to book our flights back because I said to God, I can't do this. I made a yeah. mistake. I'm going to go home and recover my business, and I'm out of here. And I went to the airport, put my tickets down, and the lady said, okay, uh, sir, we have a problem. I said, what's the problem? She said, these tickets have no value. I said, how's that possible? There's a return ticket. When you come on a visa, you have to have a return ticket. Yeah. She said, no, sir, they have no value. I went to the parking lot, and I sat there, and I heard the door slam on me. And the Lord said to me, are you going to believe me? Are you going to trust me? Wow. You're not going home. Wow. Are you going to trust me? So... When you talk about Abraham, I, I have a great relationship with this concept. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't read it, I lived it. Exactly. 
And that's, that's what we're called to do. Yeah. We're called to live the message. You entered into the promise that's when right. you moved to America. Yeah. Oh. In your flip-flops and shorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you entered into the promise. You embraced the word. Yeah. And that's exactly where I think a lot of us miss the word. We want to see something yeah. before we do something. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't see anything. And that's the piece that yeah. Abraham said. And I, I think this is the only reason he could possibly offer his son Isaac on an altar yeah. because he said God calls yeah. dead things yeah. to live again. Yeah. Mm. Abraham was so convinced of his promise that when he went up on that mountain, that if I do set this wood on fire, bind my son, slay him and put him and he burns up in the fire the promise that God gave me will stand up out of the ashes and come back down the mountain with me because he told the servants, you guys stay here, the lad and I will go yonder and we will worship. And the inference is, and we will return. Yeah, yeah. We coming back. It's not going to be me coming back. It's going to be we coming back because Abraham had to be convinced that God could raise the dead back to life if it was his word. And sometimes God will test us with our promises mm -hmm. and test us and say, are you willing to lay what I just told you on the altar? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to set it on fire and see if it makes it through the test? Yeah. And sometimes that's where we have to go. But the word of the Lord is sure and it's powerful. And here's the thing that we have to understand about the word too, is that it is the only thing that lasts. Yes. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but there's only one thing that will be here after everything is gone. And he said, not one dot yeah. and not one title, not one piece of it, not one little stroke of my words will be gone. Yeah. They will stand through all of time. Yeah. If you got the word, you got everything you need. Yeah. You got everything you need. And so today, I just wanted to encourage somebody today. We only got about three minutes left, but I just wanted to encourage somebody today that if your word is still not complete, look at this story of Abraham. And the Bible says that he hoped against hope. Yeah. When there was no reason to hope, he couldn't see anything. He looked at his own body and he said, and the Bible says, but even after he examined his own body, which was as good as dead, he did not grow weak in his faith. He continued to hang on to the promise. And how did he hang on to the promise? The scripture says, and the New Living Translation says it this way, and in that he gave glory to God. The New American Standard says, and he did all of this giving glory to God. This is the key. I think is when we take that word, yeah. when you're talking about your words that you underline in blue yeah. and you outline that, we take that word, we pray that word, yeah. we pray that part of it, and then we give God glory for yeah. it, Absolutely. whether we see it or not. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and thank you because yes. I have to let all of my requests be made known with thanksgiving. Yeah, thanksgiving. There has to be an attitude of gratitude. I don't know how Abraham was able to get to this place knowing uh, 
no more than he knew about God yeah. because his father was a God carver. His yeah. father was an idol maker. Tara was a guy who sat around and carved God's. I just wonder what the conversation was like when Abraham comes to his dad and he said, hey, God spoke to me. And he's like, which one? Which one? <laughs> Boy, I'll carve these things. None of these things talk in here. They're just made out of wood and stone. They don't really talk. Abe, I don't know what you heard, son, but we can get you some help. No, I wonder what happened in that moment that he was so convinced that nothing, and that's why we call him father, is because not because he was some religious you know, living in a monastery somewhere, but he was a nobody and God made something out of him. That's a profound thought. And you know, the biggest problem with most people today is they don't, they don't allow the word to become one with them. Yeah. Because like you said, that's the only thing that's going to take you through this process. If, you want, if you're in a battle, if you're mm. not in the word and believe the word fully and absorb it and take it on, uh, you're going to be alone in this fight. Yeah, you are. And here's the thing too. A lot of people are waiting for God to manifest the Word when God says, well, I'm waiting for you to, first of all, become the Word. Yeah. Be the Word. Be the Word. You know, when you walk in the streets, and the Word be became flesh. Flesh, yeah. Just just take it on as, as, as your mission and purpose and walk in it and live it. Yeah. You know, we, most people live by religious concepts, but they don't live in the purpose and the Word. And that's why there's no manifest power. There's no anointing because people are trying that's to perform good. it and do it in the flesh rather than being the that's Word. That's good. Yep. So when I come and prophesy, I don't come and prophesy out of my own mind. I come and prophesy because I'm in the Word and the Word is in me. And then through that process, the Word comes out. Yes. I stand in front of people. I don't even know. I don't know. They're from a box of green apples. Right. But when you're in the Word, the Word flows through you. Yes. And you can speak to them. Amen. You know? So uh, it's going to be powerful. You know, I want to just say too uh, that I want them to check out. Tell me where your website is. www.soundthetrumpet.org. Soundthetrumpet.org. Soundthetrumpet.org. That's all one word. Soundthetrumpet.org. And you can go there because uh, Prophet Ron has some books that are available. Uh, he just released a new one. What's the title of your new book? Let me see that cover over there. It's called Love Unlocked. Love Unlocked, yeah. And you want to go out and check these books out. I'm going to tell you, his, his writings are very powerful. They're full of the word. They're full of encouraging tidbits. I'm just going to tell you, if you don't have a home church somewhere and you need a church and you live within a hundred mile radius of DFW, you need to come to EC. This place is crunk, it's live, it's going on in here. We're seeing new people get saved all the time. Healings that are taking place, miracles are happening. Families, whole families are getting baptized. We are in a moment of revival. I challenge you to come and hang out with us, but hit the subscribe button before you leave today. I love you. I thank God for you. Bishop Gary Oliver, Ron Campbell, we love you. Bless you. I love you. God bless. Bye. Take me to that Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Bishop Gary Oliver, 
and I'm here at the secret place. I know that you notice first off right away that my beautiful wife is not here, Dr. Noemi, is doing some educational work right now. And so she is out today and away and we miss her and we send blessings her way uh, in Jesus' name. She's out with Dr. Sharice, uh, who is a part of our eldership here as well, Dr. Sharice Newberry. And uh, they are getting some information for things that we're wanting to do and plan here at the church. But I got the rest of the team here and I have my good friend, Prophet Ron Campbell. Prophet, would you greet the people today? Hi there, people. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> wonderful day today. Uh, breaking into spring. Yes. So spring has sprung, as you can see. So if we stop and we've got watering eyes and we're blowing our noses, you'll understand that. Okay. Have mercy on us. <laughs> <laughs> it is true, man. The allergy season is wicked around here sometimes yeah. in this Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex. But there's a, uh, there's a few things that we want to talk about because Prophet Ron is a part of our prophetic council here at the church. And uh, we did a message Sunday, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that and bring him in on some things. But get your Bible, grab your notes, um, tag somebody, hit the subscribe button down there on our YouTube channel, jump in, uh, become a part of what God is doing right here at Encounter Church through the secret place. And uh, we are extremely blessed to be able to do this and bring this to you. If you want to sow, you can also go to our website and do that and sow back into the ministry here. We appreciate you all so much for being a part and watching. Make some comments. Let us know where you're watching from. And we will be sure to give you a shout out. We love to have friends and new friends all the time. So thank you so much. God bless you. We will glorify, see if you remember this old song, the King of Kings. We will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am. We will glorify the King of Kings, we will glorify the Lamb, we will glorify the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am, and we'll say hallelujah to the King of Kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am. Who is the great I Am. Aren't you grateful for Jesus today? You know the words, I am. When Moses asked the Lord, he said, who am I going to tell who sent me? And the Lord says, just tell them I am that I am. And we've preached that to mean all kinds of things, but I'm going to tell you what I really, really believe with all of my heart it means. It means that God is always present. 
He's not a past God. He's not a futuristic God. He's a right now God. He's here. He's right now. He's in your house. He's in your car. He's with you. He's aware of everything that you're dealing with. And if you deal with God as if he is some past God, then you're going to miss what he's doing right now. If you look at God as some historical being or divinity, or if you look at him as something that's way off in the future, you might miss. So why not open your heart right now and say, I will glorify the great I am and worship him in this moment because he is present. He is always a right now God. Yes. Amen. I wanted to uh, dialogue a little bit with Prophet Ron. Uh, Prophet, I, I did a message Sunday, which I kind of called against all odds. And uh, it's still resonating a lot in my spirit. Um, and I'm just going to read a little piece of this text here so that we have some context yeah. for the text and for what we're going to talk about. Um, the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse 16, and I'm reading New Living Translation, if you're following along, says, So the promise is received by faith. It is given as a free gift, and we are all certain to receive it, whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of all who believe. That is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping believing that he would become the father of many nations for God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was good as dead and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham, this is so important, y'all. He never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger and in this, he brought glory to God. Yes. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. It's a powerful text, isn't it? Unbelievably powerful, yes. It's, um, so, Prophet Ron, you constantly are giving all of us mm -hmm. words from the Lord. Here's... It's a word from the Lord to me is like a promise. Yeah. It's just like a promise. It's like I may not see it, it may not be in existence, it may not be in front of me right now. But when you give that word, there's a responsibility that mm -hmm. falls upon the hearer. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about that. <clears throat> it's a very interesting topic. You see the basis of what uh, Abraham uh, walked with Yahweh is he believed by faith. Right. So you know, the minute you get a word, the key is to attach your faith to it. Right. reason why is because if you don't have faith, it's impossible to please right. God. 
it's impossible to hear this process take place because the bottom line is the word can come to you but you need to add your faith to the word there needs to be an introduction of an involvement plus the receiving of the word right uh, I can give you an example uh, a friend of mine years ago had a business and I gave him a prophetic word that by the end of the year his business would sell right well the end of the year came and went and never sold so he came back so what happened I said well uh, let's look at God's timeline. What does God work on? Does He work on our time or does He work on His time? And so when the Jewish New Year came, the business sold. Wow. So the perspective wow. of what was seeing and expectation was created by the person that believed something, but they had a misconception in the belief. Mm. So if you have faith, you know that the minute you attach your faith to the word that is spoken, you have to just reside in that and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about the process. What I always tell people when I prophesy of them is rightly divide the word of truth. Yes. Look at the components in the word, rightly divide, write it down. And, and what I do is I color code it. Mm. And I take a blue and anything that God says, I mark it in blue. And what I do is I pray that into existence. Right. I don't look at the consequences or the results because the bottom line is if you pray the results, you're going to miss the promise. Yeah, that's good. And you see, Abraham believed the promise yes and by that he walked in it he attached his faith to it his whole existence lived in the promise yeah. even though he never saw it and listen by the time he died he never saw the promise mm. but today we're the promise yes he looks down on us and he says well there's a promise god promised me that my family would be as the stars and the dust right. on the earth and so we have to understand that god is not held bound as a prisoner to our time frame Right. It's his time frame. So all we have to do is continue to believe and walk in faith. And that's yeah. what Abraham did. And and somebody that may be questioning mm -hmm. what you just said there that Abraham never saw it, they have to understand that the seed, one as singular, not many, not yeah. plural, yeah. was Jesus. Yeah. That was the seed. The seed yeah. He came through the lineage mm -hmm. of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, yeah. and on through his boys, came out of the tribe of Judah, on and on and on we know, but uh, the seed that he was right. really promising Abraham was Jesus, because that was the only one that was going to turn the whole thing around, turn the world around, turn around this whole thing about sins not being rolled ahead for a year, but being truly forgiven right. and wiped away. Right. You know, the beautiful thing is, uh, Abraham believed God and was accounted to him as righteousness. Yes. And when, when you talk to people about righteousness, I think it has something to do with um, your behavior or something like that. And, and, right. and, and that's, I have a capacity of that too. But righteousness is right standing with God and with man. So there's right. nothing that can accuse you or detract you from the promise. Yeah, that's good. You see, no matter what Sarah said, when <clears> she came up and she said, well, I'm 90 years old, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Right. Abraham <laughs> stuck with his faith. Why? Because he didn't allow detraction to come to the word of God because he walked in the righteous component of understanding that God is the I am, yep. he's faithful to what he says, and he's going to accomplish it in his due time. Yep. And so he continued to walk in that, and, and yeah, I know Sarah went around to try and help him, right. and that's what a lot of people do with the prophetic. Yep. Let's help God. Right. Let, well, he hasn't come yet, so let's, like, like Saul, yep. let's, let's go out and let's do something here to, and, and this is let's the big, make this happen. This is the big thing what we're seeing today in the world, is people are more moved by performance than they move by presence. Yes. Yes. And so instead of creating a presence for the Spirit of the Lord to sort of manufacture and to do the things that need to be done and to get you in the right position, 
for the word to manifest, we try and we help God to do these things. Yeah. And it's all through the scripture. Yeah, it's all through there. I mean, today, when you look at our culture, we are being so programmed into performance that we wouldn't even know what presence is. Right. Because we give God about 30 minutes, and if he doesn't show up, we're out of here. Yeah, we don't understand wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, yeah. They that wait upon him. So yeah. the beautiful thing about this whole thing with Abraham, as he starts out, the whole component is God accounts to him as righteousness. Yeah. Because he gave up everything, he walked away from everything, and he trusted God. And there's 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 a key right there. Yeah. Because when Abraham got the word, yeah. he didn't say, well, when my son comes forth, then we'll go look for this city. Yeah. Uh, he didn't say, you know, hey, because the promise, the, the promise came through uh, these, this, this word that the Lord gave Abraham as yeah. well, that you've got to get up and leave your country. Yeah. You've got to leave your father's house. You've got to leave those things that are relative keep right. leave your relatives uh which you know we know that abraham actually didn't do because he took lot with him, with him yeah. because he felt some sort of sense of responsibility mm -hmm. and i think that a lot of us fall into that category we feel some sense of responsibility yeah. that god never told us was our responsibility but because haran had died that, yeah. and lot was his child abraham thinks well i've got to take this boy with, with me yeah. Because before he comes through the community of Haran, right. Haran dies in, in the land of Ur. They make it to the land of Haran. Yeah. And Terah, yeah. Abraham's father, dies, dies in Haran. Because a lot of people never move past the point of their greatest pain. Mm -hmm. So he, he was trapped there. Yeah. He died there. So Abraham says, well, I've got to help God out here. He didn't really understand what he meant. Means, yeah. But let me tell you, I think that when we talk about leaving things that are leaving our relatives, I don't know that it's talking about your aunts and your uncles and your cousins and Billy Bob and all those people. I think it's really talking about things that try to keep you relative to it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Leave your relatives. Leave things that are trying to keep you relative. Who do you think you are? Believe in God for that word. Why do you think God would use you? Why would God, and it, this, is, this is something that is so powerful to me, is because we call Abram or Abraham father, mm -hmm. not because he was some austere and holy man, yeah. but we call him father because he was a nobody that God used to start something. something. Abraham didn't have a child. No. When he gets the promise, he doesn't have a child. That's he right. goes for 25 years without the child. That's he tries to make it happen with Hagar. Yeah. We all know that story with uh, Hagar and Ishmael. But he still doesn't have a child until he's 25 years old. And he's still in that 25 years, or 100 years old, in that 25 years, he still doesn't get to see the seed. See. Yeah. The seed is Jesus. So he didn't get to see him yet. But the cool thing about this is, is we call him father because he instituted something called faith. Faith into the people of God. Believing God. And this is where I wanted to jump in there with that. Is because when Abraham got the word, he didn't sit back and say, well, let's see what God does and let's see how this happens and let's see when it comes to pass. The Bible says, I love the New Americans, it says that he entered into the yeah. word of the Lord. Wow. When yeah. he entered into it, yeah. 
everything turned around, the message Bible says. Yeah. When he entered into it, when he embraced it, fully embraced that word. So there's something about when you give a word or when we get a word from the Lord or when something comes to us about our part of embracing that word. And that is not a passive thing. Oh. It's an active. So I can actually testify to something about this. Mm -hmm. When God spoke to me about coming to America in the 90s, and uh, I went about, and I believed the word, because I knew that that was what God wanted. I knew right. from, from before I was even born that I was destined to come here. So I gave up my business, I gave up my house, I gave up everything I owned. Put my family on a plane, five of us on a plane, came here, all we had was ten boxes and five suitcases. Wow. We didn't know anybody, because mm -hmm. the Lord said, don't take any names or contacts, I'm going to lead you by my spirit. I so believed the word that God was going to bring me and he said, I will take you to kings and rulers and leaders of nations. Mm. To give up a, a business, like a pharmaceutical business, to just come to America for nothing, no promise, right. no connection, no relationship, no nothing. Right. It's stupid. Yeah. But I so believed and, I, and my family so believed the word that we walked away from everything and came here. Man, the day we landed yeah, we could have been on Mars. <laughs> right. We didn't know where we were. <laughs> right. And that's how I feel Abraham was. And you know, the funny thing is, within the first day that we got here, God started to speak. I could audibly do this, go, yeah, meet this one, talk to this one. And systematically, from coming from that place wow. in 1991 to where we are today, that we've ministered in Congress, the Senate, we've ministered all over, we've met so many people. Because we didn't depend on our own devices. We believed the word which was accounted to us as faith. Yeah. And let me tell you, there were times when we had zero. Yeah. I mean, no money. We had lived in one bedroom apartment with no furniture. We slept on the floor. Wow. But we had food delivered to us daily from we don't know who. We had money sent to us through in boxes from yeah. we don't know who. My children needed winter coats because we, we came from summer to winter. We didn't even realize. We didn't think about the weather. Yeah. So we had no way, I mean, I came here with short pants, flip-flops, and t-shirt in the middle of winter in terrible weather, yeah. snow and everything. And suddenly realized, ah, oh, we don't have clothes. And prayed, asked the Lord. People brought us jackets and clothing. We wow. didn't know people, but the people dropped off stuff to us. Wow. So what I say about Abraham <laughs> is as he journeyed on, even though there were times there were challenges. Listen, for us there were challenges. There, yeah. were, there was times yeah. when... Somebody gave us a car, and within a week of getting the car, somebody slashed all our tires. Wow. So now we had a car without tires. I had to walk my children to school. There were so many challenges, but mm -hmm. every challenge that came against us was to test our faith, to see whether we would continue to believe. And I got to a place one day where I took my tickets, and I saw, I've got to show you my tickets, my plane mm -hmm. tickets, where I went to the airport to book our flights back because I said to God, I can't do this. I made a yeah. mistake. I'm going to go home and recover my business, and I'm out of here. And I went to the airport, put my tickets down, and the lady said, okay, uh, so we have a problem. I said, what's the problem? She said, these tickets have no value. I said, how's that possible? There's a return ticket. When you come on a visa, you have to have a return ticket. Yeah. She said, no, so they have no value. I went to the parking lot, and I sat there, and I heard the door slam on me. And the Lord said to me, are you going to believe me? Are you going to trust me? Wow. You're not going home. Wow. Are you going to trust me? So... When you talk about Abraham, I, I have a great relationship with this concept. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't read it, I lived it. Exactly. 
And that's, that's what we're called to do. Yeah. We're called to live the message. You entered into the promise that's when right. you moved to America. Yeah. Oh. In your flip-flops and shorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you entered into the promise. You embraced the word. Yeah. And that's exactly where I think a lot of us miss the word. We want to see something yeah. before we do something. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't see anything. And that's the piece that yeah. Abraham said. And I, I think this is the only reason he could possibly offer his son Isaac on an altar yeah. because he said God calls yeah. dead things yeah. to live again. Yeah. Mm. Abraham was so convinced of his promise that when he went up on that mountain, that if I do set this wood on fire, bind my son, slay him and put him and he burns up in the fire the promise that God gave me will stand up out of the ashes and come back down the mountain with me because he told the servants, you guys stay here, the lad and I will go yonder and we will worship. And the inference is, and we will return. Yeah, yeah. We coming back. It's not going to be me coming back. It's going to be we coming back because Abraham had to be convinced that God could raise the dead back to life if it was his word. And sometimes God will test us with our promises mm -hmm. and test us and say, are you willing to lay what I just told you on the altar? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to set it on fire and see if it makes it through the test? Yeah. And sometimes that's where we have to go. But the word of the Lord is sure and it's powerful. And here's the thing that we have to understand about the word too, is that it is the only thing that lasts. Yes. Heaven and earth is going to pass away, but there's only one thing that will be here after everything is gone. And he said, not one dot yeah. and not one title, not one piece of it, not one little stroke of my words will be gone. Yeah. They will stand through all of time. Yeah. If you got the word, you got everything you need. Yeah. You got everything you need. And so today, I just wanted to encourage somebody today. We only got about three minutes left, but I just wanted to encourage somebody today that if your word is still not complete, look at this story of Abraham. And the Bible says that he hoped against hope. Yeah. When there was no reason to hope, he couldn't see anything. He looked at his own body and he said, and the Bible says, but even after he examined his own body, which was as good as dead, he did not grow weak in his faith. He continued to hang on to the promise. And how did he hang on to the promise? The scripture says, and the New Living Translation says it this way, and in that he gave glory to God. The New American Standard says, and he did all of this giving glory to God. This is the key. I think is when we take that word, yeah. when you're talking about your words that you underline in blue yeah. and you outline that, we take that word, we pray that word, yeah. we pray that part of it, and then we give God glory for yeah. it, Absolutely. whether we see it or not. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and thank you because yes. I have to let all of my requests be made known with thanksgiving. Yeah, thanksgiving. There has to be an attitude of gratitude. I don't know how Abraham was able to get to this place knowing uh, 
no more than he knew about God yeah. because his father was a God carver. His yeah. father was an idol maker. Tara was a guy who sat around and carved God's. I just wonder what the conversation was like when Abraham comes to his dad and he said, hey, God spoke to me. And he's like, which one? Which one? <laughs> Boy, I'll carve these things. None of these things talk in here. They're just made out of wood and stone. They don't really talk. Abe, I don't know what you heard, son, but we can get you some help. No, I wonder what happened in that moment that he was so convinced that nothing, and that's why we call him father, is because not because he was some religious you know, living in a monastery somewhere, but he was a nobody and God made something out of him. That's a profound thought. And you know, the biggest problem with most people today is they don't, they don't allow the word to become one with them. Yeah. Because like you said, that's the only thing that's going to take you through this process. If, you want, if you're in a battle, if you're mm. not in the word and believe the word fully and absorb it and take it on, uh, you're going to be alone in this fight. Yeah, you are. And here's the thing too. A lot of people are waiting for God to manifest the word when God says, well, I'm waiting for you to, first of all, become the word. Yeah. Be the word. Be the word. You know, when you walk in the streets. And the word be became flesh. Flesh, yeah. Just just take it on as, as, as your mission and purpose and walk in it and live it. Yeah. You know, we, most people live by religious concepts, but they don't live in the purpose and the word. And that's why there's no manifest power. There's no anointing because people are trying that's to good. perform it and do it in the flesh rather than being the that's word. Good. Yeah. So when I come and prophesy, I don't come and prophesy out of my own mind. I come and prophesy because I'm in the word and the word is in me. And then through that process, the word comes out. Yes. I stand in front of people. I don't even know. I don't know them from a box of green apples. Right. But when you're in the word, the word flows through you. Yes. And you can speak to them. Amen. You know? So uh, it's going to be powerful. You know, I want to just say too uh, that I want them to check out. Tell me where your website is. www.soundthetrumpet.org. Soundthetrumpet.org. Soundthetrumpet.org. That's all one word. Soundthetrumpet.org. And you can go there because uh, Prophet Ron has some books that are available. Uh, he just released a new one. What's the title of your new book? Let me see that cover over there. It's called Love Unlocked. Love Unlocked, yeah. And you want to go out and check these books out. I'm going to tell you, his, his writings are very powerful. They're full of the word. They're full of encouraging tidbits. I'm just going to tell you, if you don't have a home church somewhere and you need a church and you live within a hundred mile radius of DFW, you need to come to EC. This place is crunk, it's live, it's going on in here. We're seeing new people get saved all the time. Healings that are taking place, miracles are happening. Families, whole families are getting baptized. We are in a moment of revival. I challenge you to come and hang out with us, but hit the subscribe button before you leave today. I love you. I thank God for you. Bishop Gary Oliver, Ron Campbell, we love you. Bless you. I love you. God bless. Bye.